This episode of Make Your Pitch is brought to you by BET. As a business owner, have you ever asked, uh, how is my business ensuring profitability and sustainability? Uh, or does my business drive its growth and agenda through a defined strategy? Maybe also, is there a performance management system in place? If you hesitated to answer any of these questions, you need to take a look at the Business Enabling Toolbox, BET. To find out more about BET, check the show notes of this episode. This is Make Your Pitch. I'm Christopher Knight. And I am Ellen J. Harris. Together, we chat with entrepreneurs with great ideas, looking for investors to back their vision. We want to be sure investors are there as well as to find the next big hit. So let's get started. And I want to welcome everyone to this episode of Make Your Pitch. These uh, episodes, I really appreciate everyone following them because we are, have a growing audience of people that are looking at these, uh, looking at startup companies, looking at investors that are working their way through to work with these folks. But we also have great experts that come on that also direct you as a potential uh, small business or small business venture or someone that's developing a concept that help you understand exactly how to get from here to there. And that means <laughs> coming as we uh, talked about earlier with our guests, going from the farm leagues to the majors. That's what we're here to help you out with our guest tonight leading the way. I'm Christopher Knight. And I am Ellen J. Harris. Uh, the best of the best is right here with me as my co-host. And I want uh, Ellen to tell us about our guest this on this episode. Happy to. Today we have with us a gentleman named Abid Jan Mohammed. His experience includes the C-level executive and board member with a demonstrable history of working with startups and high growth businesses. It also includes business development, revenue operations, commercial strategy, pricing, and investment strategy, which are just a few of the entries in his portfolio. His experience extends across ad tech, martech, blockchain, IoT, Internet of Things, sports sponsorship, and information data security. Now, if that's not enough to uh, wet your whistle, you're about to get the full load right off the hose right now from Abid. Abid, welcome to Make Your Pitch. Thank you very much, Christopher and Ellen. Nice to, nice to be here. I saw you smiling during the introduction. Did you uh, smile <laughs> because you were thinking, oh, I don't know, did I really do that? Or is that what? <laughs> uh, a, little bit of, a little bit of that. Sometimes it's quite, yeah, sometimes you don't realize yeah, it's nice to hear. Yeah, you, you write stuff and you think, wow, I, did I actually do that? Yeah, okay. Did, did, I, did I actually, did I do all <laughs> of that? Wow. Do that? <laughs> well, Have I actually done all those things? Yeah, that's you, great. It, well, it, good. well, you have, in fact, why don't we start out by you just kind of going through briefly some of the things you've actually done to get to the point you're at right now. Yeah, so I guess I guess my background is slightly, slightly different, slightly unique. Um, I grew up in Africa. Uh, so I was born and born and brought up in Kenya, um, which was a really interesting 
uh, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a key part of the journey that I've been on. Um, growing up in Africa, you know, it was a really, um, for me, it was, it's kind of given me a lot of resilience um, and helped me adapt uh, and learn how to adapt to different situations. Um, came over to the UK when I was 13 um, to go to boarding school. Um, so again, having to adapt again. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then into university and so on and so forth. But fundamentally, growing up in Africa, get, it gave me a slightly different perspective. Um, makes you appreciate uh, how lucky you are uh, as well. Um, but also uh, just gives you a sense of, of, of you know, there, there are, well, it gives you a sense of how hard people work uh, to be successful. Um, so really, really interesting. That was a really interesting uh, part of the journey that I've been on. Um, I've also um, been fortunate enough to play international sport uh, cricket for Kenya, um, which has been good because that obviously that that gave me the understanding of what it takes to get to the top um, of your sport. Um, but again, very similar lessons, cricket, similar to NFL and baseball, um, you know, that's a game that is a game played by a team, but lots of individuals who will contribute to the team. So again, a lot of learning through my sporting life, which kind of translates nicely into the business life and then the business world. So yeah, so did a lot of that. Had the pleasure of working for a number of startups. Well, I started life in the, on the energy floor, which was really interesting as it transitioned from floor-based trading to screen-based trading. And then moved into digital media in 2003, um, and I've pretty much worked for startups most of my career, save for uh, being acquired in 2007 by ESPN um, and helping build out and launch ESPN's digital business in Europe. Um, other than that, I've pretty much been the first the first person in all the roles that I've done, um, and in every company that I've worked for. And then five years ago, set up a growth advisory and M&A practice uh, called Volando. Um, which was originally designed to help U.S. companies launch in Europe. Uh, it wasn't, I'll, I'll, I can't take full credit for the idea. It came from one of my VCs um, out in Palo Alto, uh, but helped launch about seven companies into the UK, into UK, Europe, and then started to work with UK and European companies that wanted to scale over in Europe and then move across to the U.S. So that was the kind of formative years of Volando. Um, and then over, over the years, we've built it up um, and we now work with companies from seed stage, sometimes pre-revenue, um, but predominantly early revenue or early traction, um, all the way up to series B, series C, uh, private equity investment, um, where we basically help them accelerate their growth at the early stage, um, help them put the foundations and structures in place um, to scale and, and for scale, make sure they're enterprise ready uh, is one of the ways I describe it. And then we help companies a bit further down the journey, help them with their acquisition strategy, help them when they've had a bump in the road and might need to think about things slightly differently. Um, or as they, as they kind of go for that exponential growth, you know, things like culture and values and some of those, some of those slightly softer things, um, that people forget about sometimes. Um, but you know, those are, those are the sort of things that come to the fore, um, a bit later on in the journey. Um, and the, the importance of those. Well, you know, you talk about uh, the uh, even the ones in, in pre-revenue and so forth, but yet, you know, this is uh, this never a simple simple track. 
I mean, everybody comes from a different space and a different knowledge base. How in the world do you uh, separate people out and work with them so they can really develop and not feel like they're being, uh, if you will, uh, not pressured is not the word, but uh, demonized by their own knowledge. Well, I don't I'm not, I'm not hitting on the right. Yeah, words, I know, you, know, you know what, what I'm talking about, about, right? So. Yeah, I think I know what you're getting at. So I mean, I think, you know, everyone's different. Um, all founders are different. Um, a lot of the founders, some founders come from a technical background. Uh, and as a result of that, they operate in a certain way. Others are very commercial. Um, sometimes it's just one founder. Um, sometimes it's a combination of founders. Uh, all of those scenarios have different, you know, required slightly different approach. Um, and, you know, fundamentally, I think it's just one of the key things um, that I was taught very early on in my career was you have two ears and one mouth, use them in that proportion. Uh, or as uh, one of, one of you, probably well, one of my broadcasting heroes, Larry King Live, the late Larry King, he, he always said he never learned anything by talking. Um, and I think those, you know, whichever way you want to say it, um, I like them both. I think that is a, a really important part of of the you know, of, of what I do and, and how and how I help startups. A lot of it is down to listening um, and just trying to understand how, what what motivates people, asking the right questions. Because a lot of the time, um, the answer. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily come from us as consultants or experts. A lot of it is already innate and inside, inside those founders. It's just about drawing it out and help working out a way to draw that out in a way that makes it, you know, makes them feel like it's their idea, which in most cases it is, but essentially just giving them a structure um, and a framework around, um, around that and helping them understand that once they've got a very clear vision and they're aligned on their vision, understanding how to basically break down where they want to be in three years time and revert and effectively break that down into into smaller chunks so that they can start to execute every quarter every month every quarter every year towards that that goal that they're looking to try and hit so you work very much from an accountability status is that right or is it, uh... yeah i mean very much we kind of you know we start off a lot of the work that we will do with the early stage businesses We'll start off, you know, I'd always, I think culture and values, I mean, I've been lucky to work for the Walt Disney Company, ESPN, um, you know, as one of the big major companies that I work for. And, uh, you know, they, I don't think anyone does culture and values better than Disney, ESPN. Um, they make you believe the world start, starts and finishes where they, where they are. You can run through walls with them. Uh, and it's a phenomenal, you know, I look back now and I think of all the people that I met in between 2007 and 2010 at my time there and, you know, we're still bound by one thing. We're all, you know, we're all at Disney alum. Um, and there's a real kind of real sense of belonging um, from that. And I think culture and values is, is one of those really important parts um, of any business uh, as you scale. Because the, the culture is strong. Um, less needs to be written down. Pro, you, know, you require less process because people understand what it is the business stands for. Um, so a lot of a lot of where we start is at, um, you know, is in that kind of culture and values piece. It's in the alignment um, of ambition to vision. Um, and sometimes, if there's one or two founders, a lot of the time they won't have had the difficult conversation um, around what are they, you know, what do you want? Um, and sometimes they won't have had that conversation. So part of our job is to help them have that conversation, understand each other, and understand 
the senior management team and understand what they all, what they're all looking for because everyone comes from different backgrounds. Some people, um, some people want to stay along for the journey. Other people want to just disappear. You know, once they've been acquired and once they've, you know, some people just want financial freedom. Others want boats. There's a whole there's a whole kind of real mix. It's understanding the different characters um, and making sure that they're all aligned around a single vision, having you know a very clear mission and purpose, and then you know enabling the right set of culture um the, the right culture and value set to help them achieve that vision and help them scale that business um that's a lot of the a lot of the work we do at the start is very much focused on that all right take take me through the discovery process and i'll i'll be your guinea pig okay <laughs> and i've got a uh a pre-revenue company and i've got uh, two partners and we're uh, we're wanting to build and we want to have uh, you help us and guide us through it in the discovery process what would you be asking me uh, i'll be happy to answer you so go right ahead so i think you know fundamentally the way the way that i would start that process is we'd sit down with the three founders um, and we'd encourage you to have the difficult conversation understand what each other's about make yourselves vulnerable um, in front of you know around each other um, so that you under, that you that you you feel comfortable about everyone's background. You know where you know you understand. There are there are no you know there there are no cloaks basically. Everyone's kind of completely open, and we have we you know without. So that's the first the first part of that conversation. Then I would take you off individually, and have individual sessions with you, um, where I, you know typically ask you know we'll, we'll ask you know effectively what have you built, why have you built it, um, what's the problem you're looking to try and solve. Um, where do you want to go with it? Like, what does good look like in three years, five years? Um, what sort of time horizon are you looking at? Um, and then looking at, and then just really ask you some real personal questions around, um, you know, what you like, what you don't like doing. So a little bit of a, it might, I might get you to do a psychometric test of some sort, but, you know, a lot I can get, I feel like we, you know, having done this for a while, you can understand people by asking some very fairly simple questions. So what, what tasks do you like doing? What don't you like doing? That will give me a sense of what type of, um, operator you are and then looking at you know how would your friends describe you um, and what are your professional and your personal ambitions and I think that gives me a really good picture um, of of you as a person um, and, and the type of individual we're looking at and then we look at the other two founders similar ask exactly the same set of questions in exactly the same sort of in the same way um, obviously slight nuance but and then that information we then take that information away we collate it. We then present it back to you, um, alongside you know having reviewed your business plan, having looked at your numbers and all of those things. And we give you our view, almost like a diagnostic on your business and on you as a team, as individuals, um, and help you understand some of the things that you need to think about. You know, and we provide you almost like a traffic light diagnostic, red, red amber, green, um, covering the core parts of your business from organisational, cultural values revenue, marketing, technology, et cetera, et cetera, and give you a sense of, you know, from, from, from our perspective and through the, through the lens of perhaps how an acquirer might think about you further down the line. Um, because one of the questions we'll ask is also, who, you know, who do you think will acquire this business uh, when we're digging into the business? Um, we'll, give you a, we'll give you a view through that lens and help you understand whether, you know, how they would perceive the business. Um, and the amount of companies, the amount of people that I've spoken, founders I've spoken to, I want to build a hundred million, hundred million dollar company. I'm like, do you know what that kind of company looks like? 
Um, and a lot of the time they go, not really. Um, well, that's, you know, five markets. It's this number of people. It's this, it's that. And they go, wow. I'm like, do you feel like you've got the structures and the, and the framework process? I'm not, I'm less worried about, but do you think you've got that framework to be able to scale this business to that? Do you know what good looks like in terms of your customer? What does your best customer look like? Do you, have you actually done the work on that? And a lot of the time, what we what we're trying to do is actually we're not. You know, we're almost, sometimes I feel like I'm teaching how to suck eggs because I'm kind of going. This is a relatively basic framework, but actually what we're doing is trying to go right. Well, here's a framework, and here's the information that's in your head, and it's all over here. And we're just trying to basically take it all out and put it into a jigsaw puzzle and just go right. This is the order it needs to go in because you're thinking about it and it's in your head, but you're not thinking about it in the, in a way that makes sense for you to be able to then go, okay, fine, I know how to get from A to B or A to D. Um, and that's part of the journey that we take um, with, with companies. Uh, and then really just kind of, you know, we also help, you know, from an investment standpoint, you know, we, we are, we're the nice guys, we're working with you, we're holding your hand, we're working, you know, we're, we're, we're in your shoes and we're standing shoulder to shoulder with you, but we'll give you that, kind of harsh reality of how an investor might look at your business um, and you know, really make sure that you're very clear about things like vision, mission, purpose, things about, you know, things around the context and why you've built it. What's the problem you're solving? There are lots of very, very good technology businesses out there that are, I would say, are solutions looking for a problem. Um, and what we're trying to do is help you understand what that product market fit is. Um, sometimes, you may not have articulated it in the right way. And some of that is just messaging. Um, and those are, again, sort of you know, areas that are slightly nuanced, um, where one word here and one word there actually make a difference. Um, so just helping, helping frame that um, conversation um, for the founders is, is a lot of what we do. And do you now, find... what you just described... Right. I'm sorry. You don't know, go please ahead. go right ahead. Go right ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. What you just described, Abid, yeah. Um, seems to me that you're taking the extra pains, if you will, to yeah. take a startup through the thinking of a uh, of a investor, as well as making sure that they are uh, oh goodness that they are um, polished, if you will, yeah. so yeah. that once they are before a investor, um, the investor doesn't have to ask a lot of questions, other than are you ready? But they can tell. Let's pause for a moment so we can hear from our sponsor for this episode. I have just set up our customer relation management system using CRM Engine, not just for its many options, but because its price is well below that of the big boys. The CRM Engine team set up all that we needed to keep track of our contacts, including those who are scheduled to pitch, our investors and strategic partners. We now know when we met, what was said, when to follow up and includes an auto email system to stay in touch timely. It keeps us focused on what makes Maker Pitch what it is, the people. So to learn how to keep your business in touch with your clients using CRM Engine, go to the show notes of this episode. My question to you is how long does it take you to get through that process with a startup so again it depends on the stage that you're at so if you're a you know i'll give an example we've got a business that we're working with that, that was doing about 50 grand 50 pounds a month in revenue 
Um, and they were in sort of they were in that between that sort of 35 and 50, 60 every month. They're like, how do we need, how do we break this and break into that hundred to release our Series A and everything else? And some of that was not actually what they were doing. It was how they were priced and it was how they were structured um, as an organization. So a little bit of with them, it was a little bit of work for a couple of quarters, helping them understand how to price the business, how to basically position and message the business, unlocked a couple of additional clients, a bit more to your point around being ready, a bit, I call it enterprise ready, being able to, you know, there are lots of startups that want to sell to the Marriott and sell to the Amexes of this world. Um, but those are difficult people to get into. And you know, some of it's network, some of it's also just making sure that, you know, your the risk, the risk is low because a lot of these big corporates have a very low risk appetite um, and don't necessarily want to, you know, you know, so, so it's just thinking about partnerships in a different way or thinking about how you access those things. Again, a lot of the information is something that a founder would have already thought through. But we've designed a program called, which we call Nest, um, which typically is you know, workshop to start with, workshop led. And then it's effectively moves into um, kind of this op- what we call a growth plan, which we help you create. We co-create that with you. And then we help you every quarter execute on that growth plan for normally 12 to 18 months. And what we find is, you know, we set up, you know, we set expectations with the business and sometimes it will take, it can take, you know, six months um, at the sort of, at, at the lowest end to probably, you know, sometimes 12 to 18 months um, for businesses to, to get, you know, to, to get to the stage where they feel like they are in a really good cadence and, and executing on that, uh, on that thing. So a lot of companies will stay with us probably for 18 months, um, maybe 24 months. And at, at that point, we, you know, sometimes we say, right, you know, we've done what we need to do here. You guys are, you, you know, you guys are in, in great shape. Um, but remember, we also, you know, we can contribute at the end of the journey. And because we've worked with them, they, they're kind of almost part of the family, if you like. And as we talk to potential acquirers, and other investors, you know, further, you know, further down the journey, we might, you know, pick the phone up to them and say, hey, you know, we've got, there is a potential acquirer that's looking at this space. Would you want to have an, an informal conversation? So we're always kind of, every client that we've ever worked with is, you know, is, is kind of with us in our thoughts as we go through that, that journey. And, we, you know, we'll happily introduce them to potential acquirers um, as and when we go. Okay. Does that Thank help you. answer the question? Yes, that was an excellent answer. Christopher. Well, we, we've talked a lot here about uh, uh, techniques. Yeah. And, but we haven't really discussed the how-to. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about uh, how-to for a young business in, in doing what you're suggesting. Uh, you know, the theory is, uh, theory is actually uh, impossible to achieve without action. So what kind of actions do we need to take here as a young business? So fundamentally, what we'll do is you know, it'll, it'll come down to pulling together. So going through that, that process of kind of looking at the business from kind of what's and all type look at the business, you know, from all the different, all the key areas that we'll look at from, you know, as I said, culture and values, pricing, revenue strategy, messaging, positioning, and going through that entire process and then building it back up again and effectively creating this this concept of a growth plan and the growth plan is essentially a it can be an online system if you if, if if they wanted to if they want to use it or it can essentially be you know a very it's a simple google spreadsheet um, which we've created um our kind of our own version of it uh, and that essentially goes out typically three years 
Um, and what we're effectively trying to do is help the business think out um, at least three years and start to understand like, you know, but there are some numerical metrics, unit economics like EBITDA uh, and turnover and pro profit margin and all those things that, that will be, you know, out that they want to, and we're almost trying to force them to start to think about what are their unit economics needing to look like in three years time? You know, where does the business want to be in three years time? And some of this is, you know, a lot of startup founders and young businesses um, will, you know, will look out three months, maybe six months at, at, at you know, tops, but they won't have a plan beyond that. And some of this is if you don't actually know where you're going, um, you're never going to get there. So some of this is about helping them on creating a bit of rigor around thinking around that three-year plan. Hey, we could never have predicted COVID. No one could have predicted that that was going to happen. But having a plan to say, right, we want to go from here in a, in a, in a normal world, we want to go from here to here. And this is what good looks like every year for us to get to that milestone in three years time. So we help them create those milestones and then allocate those milestones to the right people in, in that organization. So they are all feeding into this, this one strategy. Um, so everybody within the organization is vested and understands exactly what their kind of uh, their marginal gain or that thing that they do 5% better tomorrow, how that in, influences the overall piece. So we really kind of break it down into very simple milestones um, that, that essentially are, we know are achievable uh, and we, and we co-create it. We don't set them, we co-create it with them, and, but we then hold them, hold their feet to the fire to that every month. Every couple of weeks, we're in there with the business, helping them understand, you know, helping them look at, and go, right, are we actually on track to hit that? If we're not on track, that's fine, because there might be another dependency in the product side that requires that to that to be done before we can go, you know, go to that next stage. But it's helping them sort of interrogate that and think about that, and and ask themselves, you know, on a red, amber, green, every single management meeting every couple of weeks is going are we on track to do that if we're not it's fine but what's what's the reason why we're not on track um and there could be all manner of all manner of reasons so very much everything we do is very execution focused and it's all driven around this, this growth plan which is almost like a control panel for the for the business as we move forward all right you know there are a lot of people that uh, either won't know about you and your services or maybe not be able to afford it let's just yeah. say I'm a company out there that's starting up. What do you see as the biggest mistakes that small businesses uh, uh, encounter when they're getting up and running or trying to get up and running? What are the, what, what are the pitfalls that they really are going to encounter out there? I think I think it, you know, it comes down to as a few, there's a few things. I think first and foremost is ambition. Um, Make it is having is if it's more than one founder specifically, it's having ambition aligned. So making sure that you know you you know you know where you both want to try and get this business to. Um, and I think ambition is really, really important. Having a very clear vision that's linked to your ambition. Um, that is almost like the first for me, that's kind of stage one. Um, and then understanding what are the key things what like, who, what's the key market how are we going to how are we going to get from here to that ambition and you know what partnerships do we need how are we going to make money how you know a lot of times it's you know i always say to people just let's get let's send out an invoice if we send out an invoice that's revenue coming in the door like we need to understand how we're going to make money so ultimately we, 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 in everything that we do we start off with saying right think about where you want to be in three years time and let's work back from that 
most companies and most startup founders don't think out that far. They think about the cap, the limit of their cash flow, which is literally three months, six months down the line. And actually, I think that's a that's a pitfall because it almost kind of puts you in this tunnel vision and you don't you lose you lose all that kind of all that human and that sort of um if you think about a child growing up right they're they're not limited by ambition they they think about you know they think about you know they want to play sport for their country or they want to you know fly fighter jets or whatever it is right and children have that really amazing curiosity and it's it's that that's almost the thing that i think founders need to have um and yeah sure it's important to you know, to hit milestones and cash in the bank and all of those things are really, really important. But I think I always look at when I'm looking, when I'm you know working on behalf of investors, I'm always looking at founders and thinking, can these people execute? Do they have a bit, do they have the ability to see where they want to go? And are they single-minded enough to want to go out there and get it? And if you're only looking at three months, six months, you're almost like, you're slightly, for me, you're sort of slightly lacking in that vision, lacking in that ambition. So I think that's the first thing um, that I would, you know, focus on. I think key things also is think about culture and values and think about that early. A lot of companies think about that a little bit too late. Some of the best companies that exist today, like Facebook and Twitter and these businesses, you know, they all have a phenomenal Google, phenomenal Amazon, phenomenal cultures. Um, but these are things that they kind of, you know, they've been you know these are not this has not happened by mistake it's been part and parcel of what they've done from a very very early stage so thinking about that whole culture and values piece i always look back at um there's a great open letter on medium for, for any of any of your listeners out there which um brian chesky uh is talking to his he's it's post just after peter Thiel invested 150 million in the business and he was asked for one, you know, he was asked for a piece, he asked uh, Peter for one, one piece of advice. And he said, it's really simple. Um, don't F up culture. Really simple. You cannot, and that, and, you know, that was the last thing that Brian expected um, Peter to talk about. You know, but culture is one of those things that lots of companies forget about, but it is really, really critical. American companies are very good at it. Um, and they're very, very good at making sure that culture is the thing that binds people together. And then I think there's, you know, in every area of the business, there are simple things like pricing, which is one of my favorite areas, which I think is always, if you get pricing right, you can differentiate with pricing. Um, and you can actually look more ready than you are uh, with that. I think messaging and positioning. Positioning is one of those key things that, you know, again, everyone, you know, is this a me too business? Is this, you know, are you going to be a big fish in a small pond? Are you actually going to create a new category? Um you know, or you're going to go head to head. It's understanding what part, understanding what um, what role the business is going to, is looking to try and play, uh, and what category they're looking to try and either win or or compete in. Um, and these are all kind of things that you know. Again, we help we help businesses with. Uh, and nine times out of ten, the information comes from the businesses. It's just they've never thought about it or they've been interrogated in that way, which as a result basically means it's all internal and it's all in someone's head. Um, and then that means that the rest of the company don't necessarily know the direction that the guys are trying to go in. So there's a little bit of work around that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for me, it's just, you know, it's just, those are, those are the key things that, uh, that I would allude to. Well, you know, I see uh, more than one company at, uh, from my vantage point that they've, uh, they've been working very, very hard 
and they've developed a lot. They may even have an MVP and they're ready to, they think they're ready to rock and roll, but nothing's happening and they keep putting money in. And uh, I often say, you know, uh, sometimes it's better to cut your losses and be realistic, but people are so tied to it because it's their baby for goodness sakes. It's their yeah. baby. How do you know when to let the baby go? <laughs> well, that's a good point. So I think, I think the, um, yeah, well, in most cases, you know, you've got founders get very, we call it, I call it founder syndrome. Um, and you know, they get very, as you say, it's their baby. It's the thing that they've built, you know, they've, they've, they've built with you know, blood, sweat and tears has gone into it. They probably haven't, you know, paid themselves properly for two years and, you know, put all their savings into it and everything else. So I think, you know, with them, it's really helping them understand that if they want this thing, which they've identified a really good niche, if they want it to get from here to here, that it's not just about them because they need to think about what they're very good at and how you put people around you that help complement that set and help will help you get that, that business from A to B. Um, I think there's, there's, a, there's a big people element to some of that. Um, and I think, you know, so in some cases, and I've, you know, we've had to have difficult conversations with various, uh, various founders. Um, in fact, there was a husband and wife team, I remember coming, who came to a, um, they came to a, an investment day. And actually, the CEO was the husband. Um, and we sat around as an investment group and went, this, this is a great business, but the wrong person's leading it. Um, and having to have that hard conversation, um, you know, sometimes, you know, the joy of, you know, what I do is I, I have to have some of that hard conversation, but I'll do it in a way that, you know, so to, to avoid the, you know, avoid what happens at investment committee or when, you know, when you get in front of investors where they actually have, you know, it becomes a fairly difficult conversation. You know, some, sometimes we'll start to you know, work with founders and look, some founders very clearly, you know, they see themselves as the launch founders. Um, or we help them see themselves as the launch founders and realize that actually when this business really wants to scale and gets investment and various other things, you know, helping them understand, do you know what happens when you raise your series A? Because actually you start reporting up to, found, to, to investors. Is that really what you want to be doing? If you're a technologist, you probably want to be in the product, in with the product team, doing a lot of that stuff, which is, you know, which is where your best skill set is. So th- helping them think about, do I need to hire a CEO and do I drop back into a CTO role or a head of product role or whatever it is? And some of those, you know, but a lot of the time it's just about, you know, the book from good to great always talks about the right, right people in the right seats on the bus. Um, and there's lots of great analogies, right. And you you know, you see a lot of this stuff in, you know, sports movies like Moneyball, for example, right. Where it is just about, it's about that, that jigsaw puzzle it's about going right you know who's the right person to take this business from a to b and if it's not me that's fine but i'm still part of the company i'm still part of the smt but i'm just not the right person because i don't have the vision um i have the product vision but i don't have the business vision and it just some of that is those are just difficult conversations that we have to as advisors um have to have um and i guess you know you get you just get yeah, fairly resilience to that whole process um but because there's because you understand the journey that they're on it's important to have the conversation like that much in a, at, at an early stage um because there are some as i said there are some founders and there are some businesses uh, and some individuals that are very good to get a company from zero to ten 
or zero to 100, post 100, that's a totally different skill set. Um, and, and, you know, I've, I've met and come across a whole bunch of people in my career that, you know, who was my CFO, one of my CFO, you know, CFOs, he's a brilliant CFO. And he himself now has said, well, I'm very good at getting a company from naught to 100. Post 100, you know, the finance function becomes very big and it's, it's out of my control. And actually, you know what? That's a different, that's a different type of person. So it's, it's actually helping people under, have recognition and understand um, what, what's really important to them is one of the key, one of the key things. Okay, that, um, you know, in the uh, end, the end result here is the fact that we, we all want to help the, the up and coming business. And yeah. through your program, and by the way, if they'd like to participate in your program, how do they contact you, Abid? Well, just uh, well, probably through probably through you, um, or they can just uh, drop me a line on LinkedIn, um, uh, and I'll I pretty much respond almost immediately on that, um, or just drop me an email uh, on uh, Abid at blandoglobal.com, um, and uh, I will respond. And yeah, I'd be happy to have a conversation um, with uh, with anybody. Um, I think you know, for me, it's I've spent a lot of my time over my career. You know, I was. You know, every job but when i left but when i went from one job to the other it was always about trying to have 100 cups of coffee so i you know i will always give everyone any everyone some time um it's what i do it's what i enjoy doing um and i really want to help um i really want to help companies grow and scale i think one of my frustrations in the world of startups is is the failure rate um and i really want to try and i want to do everything i possibly can to to, to reduce that failure rate um yeah. And that's uh, that's something I'm really passionate about, um, and I think that some of the frameworks and structures, which you know, you know, I can't claim is all my own, um, but it's their adaptations on things that exist, and there are some tools that we use that you know are, are, are what I call open source and out there for everyone to to access on the internet. It's you know, it's just you know, we just we put them into into practice and really try and help uh, help founders, you know go through this journey uh, that's pretty tough it's a tough journey um but really kind of help them go through that journey in a way that enables them to be successful uh, or have the best chance of being successful very good ellen do you have any final questions before we come to the end of this episode of make your pitch just want to ask abid what final piece of advice would you have for startups i think for me a final piece of advice um well, I mean, there are, I think, you know, it's hard work. Um, and I think you need, I think for me, it's the really important thing is listen lots, ask lots of questions, um, have the right people, put the right people around you, the right set of advisors around you, uh, advisory boards, strategic advisors, or, or you know, or, or board, um, board role, put those, put the right people around you um, and just stay humble. Um, that's the most important thing because, um, this is a, it's a, it's tough out there, and I think you know people you know be fun to work with, as well, because you know a lot of a lot of the partnerships, a lot of the customers that you will work with, you know, chemistry and culture is really really important um, as you move forward um, in your journey. And sometimes you know people will basically buy you because it's you, uh, or give you that chance because yeah. it's you because you're fun to be around or you're fun to work with. Um, so just be humble, do good work. Um, and, you know, just stay true to your vision. 
And as you said, uh, two ears and one mouth, right? Absolutely. Always, always be listening. I mean, thank you so much for being a part of this as a, as a true expert in the uh, startup world. We so much appreciate the advice and the direction you've given us today. And uh, I know that uh, you and I will, and Ellen will be chatting again soon in the future. So thanks again, Abid, very, very much. Fantastic. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. And to all of our folks that are there that are following us and have been following us for so long now, we really appreciate your joining us for this conversation with Abid and learning a little bit more about what it's all about to uh, go through the startup waters. Some of them are rough. They have some big waves and you have to be ready and prepared for every one of those swells that come your direction. Uh, So with that being said, I'm Christopher Knight. I want you to always remember to make your pitch and be vigilant. Always make your pitch and be ready. Thank you all. See you next Thursday for another episode of Make Your Pitch. If you enjoyed today's episode of Make Your Pitch, go smash the subscription button. And if you want, leave us a five-star review. If you think you have what it takes to be on one of our episodes, contact us by going to the show notes to learn how. But most of all, be with us again next week for another episode of Make Your Pitch.